greater Boston area, you're listening to the My Turn Podcast, brought to you by the Tufts University Education Reentry Network. These are stories of life during and after incarceration told by people who are living it and working to overcome the odds. When you're trying to find yourself, it's something you always will feel ashamed of. You'll always feel less than, even though you know you're much more than, but it's a daily basis, it's a daily process. And for me, school, it's given me a chance to live my dreams that I've always wanted to, to live, to have an education, to get a degree that I put behind me because of the life I was living. Hi, I'm Calvina. I am a 49-year-old woman. I'm a single mom of one child. I've lived my life with some trauma. I've overcome some trauma, and I still have some trauma. My name is Marie Lafontante. I'm just like Calvina. I'm a single mom of a beautiful 11-year-old daughter. I was incarcerated at Framingham State um, for about 18 months, and I have been out for the past um, almost, it's going to be about a year. It was very difficult because um, I was a single mom and my, my daughter was about um, six or seven at the time. Um, and it was always me and her. So, you know, like she, I think, got, you know, a lot of the trauma kind of fell on her because I was gone, you know, for this long and I've never been gone for that long. Um, and um, her having been taken, by DCF and um, moving from household to household or program to programs um, had left the best big scar on her that I kind of feel guilty about and felt like, you know, for the rest of my life, I'm gonna feel guilty about it. My experience with my child in incarceration, my challenges were, my son was also taken um, by DCF and my challenges were I had to find placement for him or he would be placed in um, DCF custody and I didn't want that. Um, I found a family member that took custody of my child and my child till this day, he has a lot of, of his own resentment towards me and it's through my incarcerations, you know what I mean? In and out of his life, you know, not being there for him. Um, it is a very painful situation. It's not anything that any mother wants to experience being away from their children. Having seen other women or seen other single mom who've been incarcerated, who've been to the struggles, who understand your struggles means a lot. You know what I mean? To, we gotta stick together. You mm. know, it's a, it's a fight. When I got out, I had to fight to get her back. You know, because um, you know, like the system. I mean, the way it works, it just doesn't. It doesn't work in a way where um, it. It, I felt like I was by myself, like I, no one was for me, you know, I had to kind of um, stand alone and figure things out, like DCF didn't help with anything, so they just give you a list of things that needed to be done and you just got to go figure it out. Um, and it's hard, you know what I mean, like emotionally, that you just came out of an 18 months being in a place like prison and then having to um, come out and just be able to keep your head up and go and get certain things done where, you know, like emotionally I was just a mess. Um, financially I was a mess, I just, I had nothing. So it, um, it, 
but my daughter, you know, she gives me hope, she gives me strength, and I felt like um, she only has me. I had to fight for her, and um, if I didn't want to fight for myself, I had to fight for her, so, um, so I decided to fight. I have two beautiful granddaughters that I'm fighting to see, um, that I want to see, and that I know that I will get to see one day. I don't know when that will be, but I know that I have the resilience, as Marie stated, and that it's the hope that I have through this program and through my, my dreams that I can better myself, that I am bettering myself to be able to have a relationship with my son again. And growing up like in Dorchester or like in the neighborhood I grew up in, there was, I don't know, there was, it was just never, there was no one there. Like, you know what I mean? I would go to school and, you know, like I'll go to school hungry and I'll come back home and I'll be hungry. And, um, you know, and my mom, you know, was working two jobs and most of the time I was home by myself. And, you know, so you are surrounded by, people who are like you, who has nothing to do, nowhere to go, and, you know, who are also crying out, you know what I mean? And, and so you're looking at each other, and it's like, I can't help you, you can't help me, and there's nobody else there to help. I remember my mom asking my mom for $50 one time and to take my SAT, and she said, where am I going to get it from? You know what I mean? And I'm just like, well, so I'm not going to take it? You know, and it's just like, okay, then you don't take it because I don't have it. You know what I mean? So just, you know, little things that you could have done when you were younger to get out of certain life situation, but there were no doors for you, no avenue for you to go in to get things that you needed. For me, drugs at a very young age, 14, 15, abusive men, 14, 15, rearranging my face, being molested, being raped you know, thrown out of moving vehicles, held at gunpoint, tied up. I wondered why nobody helped me. I wondered why I'm in school. My face, black eyes, busted up face. Where was my help? I know these teachers see me. I know my mom knew what was going on. I didn't understand why I was out there prostituting at the age of 15. You know, I didn't understand those things. I was a child. Um, you know, even though you know going to the store to steal stuff is wrong, but well, well, I need it, you know what I mean? Where else am I gonna get it? You're not giving it to me. You know, arresting me and putting me in jail, it's like, okay, then just, just this is my life. And you know, for a long time, I just kind of felt like this is the card that was dealt for me and I just gotta play it. And I just, I don't have, there's no other, I'm not being dealt any other hand, this is it. Like Marie said, we were children. We didn't know any better. We survived the best way we could. We shouldn't have been incarcerated for being a drug addict. We shouldn't have been incarcerated for being abused. We shouldn't have been led to a cell for being in the situations that we in. There should have been treatment, you know what I mean? There should have been programs set up for us. And I begged them not to put me in a cell to get me treatment. I begged on so many occasions. And so now I'm at the place where I'm trying to heal from um, just having been, my dream been shattered by being incarcerated and kind of felt like, um, 
I don't know, like, who am I to dare to dream, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, I'm trying to get out of that mindset that, um, you know, having been incarcerated is not an all-be-all, that, you know, there's life after incarceration. And um, so I'm at this point where I am trying to begin to dream again, you know what I mean? It's, okay, you've done something, it's done, it's in the past, and now, you know, it's hard to move forward, you know, it's because you still living in a system that controls you, you know what I mean? You still live in a system that at any time could tell you, hey, you know what I mean? This is not a place for you, you know? So, um, and and it's hard, you know, like I want to dream big. I want to dream for my daughter. I want my daughter to have big dreams, but these fears, it's hard to get rid of them. It's hard to um, push them down because they're so alive, you know what I mean? Like they're so alive today, like on a daily basis we see it. Mm. So. Um, so I'm, I'm fighting, you know, to dream again. And, um, but right now I'm just trying to deal with that fear. Well, Maria, I just want to tell you that life doesn't, does not end after incarceration. It does not end there. Mm -hmm. I know some of those fears that you're facing. Um, I live them, I still live them, but you will gain your trust back in the community. I will pray for you that you will gain your trust back. But it is um, being your first incarceration, it, it is gonna, those are things you are gonna feel. But life doesn't end after incarceration. Um, I'm still here, as you see. Mm -hmm. My quarry is completely sealed. And you, it, those are things that you will continue to work on. And as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, yeah. nobody's gonna mess with you. Mm -hmm. And um, you, you will overcome that but I understand everything that you're going through. I did it, I lived it. I faced it after many incarcerations. And um, it, it'll go away and um, I'm rooting for you. Cause you're one strong, resilient woman, one powerful woman. Thank you. And um, it gets better. Yeah, my, my thing was I lived my life for others. I was in domestic relationships. I, am, I was in unhealthy relationships. I was abused a lot. I am not in those relationships today. I am in my own home alone with myself and that's okay today. And I know that that's okay. I'm in therapy, I'm in treatment, I'm in groups, I'm in counseling. Mm -hmm. I'm in a lot of, it took a lot of work for me to get here. Took a lot of me, to, a lot of work for me to say I'm letting go of these relationships. Yeah. I'm letting go of these people because mm -hmm. I don't like to be alone. Yeah. But I have to be alone if I'm gonna better myself and if I'm gonna be of to better and help other people. I had to let go of some things. It mm -hmm. was not easy, yeah. and if that's okay. Um, I've never been into an abusive relationship, but. I grew up with an abusive father who, you know what I mean, abused my mom, mm -hmm. abused his girlfriend. Um, my dad killed someone just by, she, he beat her so much and, she, you know what I mean, ended up killing, you know, so, yes. like, I, like, part of my fear of being intimate with somebody is that I don't want, I feel like because I grew up in that environment and, you know, my family is, you know, was in a very abusive relationship, so I fear relationship, you know what I mean, because I don't want to 
ever be in that position. But when I see women that have been through it and come out for the better, you know, it just, it does give me hope. Yes, Maria, thank you so much for that. Um, yes, overcoming abuse isn't easy as well. Um, takes a lot of, takes a lot of resiliency to overcome abuse. You have to let go of a lot of relationships. You lose some people along the way. You lose family members along the way, but it's okay. Um, it's okay, Marie. And um, I always tell you, when we do talk, you are gonna be okay. You're gonna get through all of that. And I am here to support you as well. And um, as well. tell yourself that you're worthy of um, going to college or you're worthy of um, getting a career, you're worthy of never having to be incarcerated anymore, you're worthy of being a great mom, you know. It was always hard for me because I felt like I've never like taken the time to deal with myself um, and I always felt like I need to be at a place where I feel confident enough that, you know what I mean, I've, I've, I've gone through my past, I've understand it, I've gone through it, I've dealt with it, and now I'm able to move on. And I feel like now, since I've been in my turn, that I've started the process, you know what I mean, just by writing and doing certain things, like I have started the process of kind of like putting the things that happened to me in the past, in the past, you know what I mean, for so long I've carried them with me. Um, because I've never had anyone in my life to kind of look at me and says, hey, you know what I mean? Like, who are you? You know, and I felt like, you know, being here was the first time somebody said to me, who are you? Let me know. I want to know who you are. You know what I mean? And just, you know, with the students in my turn and just people look at you and, you know, genuinely felt like they wanted to know, you know. And then so I even though like I didn't, you know, I was a little bit hesitant, but at the same time, like you can't ignore you know, as human being, you want to be accepted. You know what I mean? You want to feel like somebody's looking at you if somebody sees you. You have, you, have to, you have to build yourself a support. You have to build yourself a support network. You have, to, you have to feel gratitude about yourself. You have to feel that you're worthy. You know, I never felt worthy before. You know, I feel worthy today. I didn't love myself before. I love myself today. You know what I mean? I was abused in my life. You know, I'm not abused today. I know that I'm not gonna be abused today. I'm not gonna tolerate any abuse today. You know what I mean? I abused my child, not physically, but mentally. You know, I allow, allow people to abuse me, which led to me abusing my household. You know, I wasn't the parent that I should have been had I, you know, opened my eyes the way I do today, back then, a lot of things would have been different. You know, through my turn, through just some of the support networks I have, Families for Justice is Healing, Sisters Unchained. Um, you can see the, 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 the worth in you. Um, to be able to come and, you know, get out of the men mentality of, you know, I'm worthless and I can't do anything. And even, you know, like I tried to go back to school for like over 10 or 15 years now. and. Um, just having the opportunity to be sitting in the classroom with other classmates and um, I was the type of person that avoided conflicts, you know what I mean? And um, just being able to, you know, be in class and if something went wrong that, you know, like the professor, I could be sitting with the professor and just be able to, you know, express what I feel and then 
also felt like I was in a safe place and I wasn't going to be judged. Um, and I think being a place where you don't feel like people are judging you um, for your past or for who you are, for what you've done, um, and just really want to see you better yourself moving forward. Um, so I've had that and, you know, I've had therapy with the Wea House um, who's been very consistent you know and calling me on a weekly basis and make sure that i'm okay and if anything is wrong and i'm able to um, um call and talk to someone same thing with project place um, i've been with project place for two years and um they just every now and then i get an email just checking up or, or you know what i mean a letter just checking up so it's things like that just knowing that there's people out here that want to see us succeed that in itself that in itself is just like it just makes you feel so good to know that people really do care about you and that they really want to see you do good. It's just, it just makes your whole life, the whole outlook on life so much better. It really does. My mother never went to school like she only did like you know second grade and that was it and then so um, so growing up like my it was just my mom and my two brothers um, even though there were opportunities for me to do something or go to college I couldn't because my mom didn't understand the concept of even going to college you know what I mean and also there was nobody around that I look up to that's been to college so I had to went to Bunker Hill and I had to work full time and then go to school and it, it was just a struggle having to like work in school and work in school and to the point where you know work became more important you know what I mean because you know you have to you have to live you have to feed yourself you have to take care of yourself so um so school become less and less important especially in the black communities you know because we have to survive you know like my mom you know, I get to the point where now I had to help my mom out, you know what I mean, because she got sick or, you know, stuff happened. And, you know, and that was, that was the life for every single person I knew. Just, I just kind of felt like if I didn't come to the program, then I would have just stayed the same, you know what I mean? I would have just kept busy working, try to make a living, try to take care of my daughter and just never really take care of myself. And I thought, the time that I spent, you know, I was only there for one semester um, due to my daughter I had to leave. But the time that I was there, I felt like I learned so much about myself. I felt I learned so much about where I want to be, you know what I mean? Like mm. five years from now or three years from now. And, um, and I started this process here um, and felt like if that opportunity wasn't available to me, that process would have still in a standstill, and, and so I am grateful for that. So I know, and I know that I'm very intelligent, you know, and I didn't want to waste my life. I wasted so much of my life, you know what I mean? I had to do something. I had to do something to have an education, to get a degree, to just do so many things that I've always wanted to do that I put behind me because of the life I was living, because I've always lived my life for other people. And I don't have to live my life for other people today. I can live for Calvina today. And that's the biggest thing that my turn has taught me, that I can live for Calvina today. You know, this program has just, I've found so much of myself in this program. I could go on about so much of myself, just loving myself. 
I'm not stopping just here at my turn. Um, I will be continuing on with my turn. I will continue to be here for everybody like they were here for me. I will continue my education. God willing, I will get into college next, next um, year and I will just continue as much education as I possibly honestly can to, to aspire all my goals and aspirations. Me or Kavina, we've struggled, but we've made it through a little bit and have made some pathways and stuff, but but it's still hard, you know what I mean? Like there's still people in my community that still feel the same, that, does, that still kind of have to struggle to survive, that still, you know what I mean? I mean, I've always wanted to like help a lot of like, help teenagers, especially pregnant teenagers, because I've come across a lot of young people that are pregnant and that are just on the street and have nowhere to go. Giving back to my community and being able to give in a healthy way is my biggest dream. When I was down at my lowest, there was someone there for me, and I wanna be there just in that same way, and that's how I balance it, that's how I look at it. Um, I wanna be there for other women. I wanna be able to, to give somebody, lead them to help when they need help. When someone is calling for help, I wanna be able to give them help. I wanna be able to lead them to help. Women are worthy, and um, that's my message that I want to set out, is that you are worthy, you're so worthy. You don't have to be abused. I want the first signs of abuse to be known, and you get out right away. You get out. You don't stay for nothing. You don't stay. You know, and that's what I did. I stayed, you know, and that was my downfall. My future is, I see myself opening up my, my domestic violence home for women and girls. I see me writing books. I see me, in my turn, mentoring students, mentoring these people coming from, from these cells. I see these cells demolished. I see them completely gone. <laughs> Real talk, I can't stand prisons. Um, I see myself. I want to teach. I don't know what I want to teach, but I want to teach. I want to teach. And I have so many dreams and so many goals, and I can see them all, and I dream about them all. And it's just, I, I got a clear mind today. My mind isn't, and it's, it's not fogged. It's completely clear. This is me talking. You know what I mean? This is myself. Thank you for listening to the My Turn Podcast. The My Turn Program is a Tufts University accredited program providing education, mentorship, and a career development support to and by those who have been directly impacted by the criminal justice system. My Turn's objective is to provide an opportunity for each participant to rediscover and reframe their skills, interests, responsibilities, and commitments. 
This podcast is created and produced in partnership with Jonathan M. Tisch College of Civic Life and the Bridging Differences Grant Program. Music brought to you by Burnell Jones II. Learn more or support my term at tubbit.org.